You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, from the AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and Bing.com, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's Once Upon a Time After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256. 256-1729. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Once Upon a Time After Show. Welcome to AfterBuzz TV's Once Upon a Time, episode 16, Heart of Darkness. I'm your co-host, your, I'm your co-host this evening, Jason Parsley, along with Mike Rothman, and former, ch- former child actress, Lisa Lucas. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. I think I was in a Sesame Street commercial once when I was a kid. All right, you qualify. We're going to start right off with a recap of tonight's episode. Okay, here we go. Emma is forced to arrest Mary Margaret for the murder of Catherine. Mary her- hires Mr. Gold to be her attorney. And then we see the effects of Rumpelstiltskin's potion which are revealed and snow white is turned into for lack of a better word word heartless bitch (laughs) snow white decides the only way to move forward is to kill the queen while prince charming tries to stop her and that is your one minute recap so we're going to jump right into our talking points for tonight mike thank you thank you mike uh, we start off with uh, I guess Snow White being a, what you called, for lack of a better word, a heartless biatch. We see her, I guess, textbook at the beginning of the episode with the bird, the little bluebird hovering above her, her whistling, and then wah, 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 she tries to kill the bird with uh, her broom. I major offense to that. I do have a parrot myself, and, I, and that was an actual bird, by the way. Birds do come that blue, but uh, I thought that was Quite inappropriate for a, a uh, child audience. <laughs> but what were your thoughts, overall thoughts, tonight's episode? Well, first on that comment, I think that's what we, that, this episode was exactly what we were hearing about with a lot of, I think parents were getting mad. There was a lot of press about this. And also, even the actress, Jennifer Goodwin, said she was like throwing scripts at the wall. Really? So this, she wasn't taking this very, you know, lightly either. So this has been a problem. Not, I wouldn't say a problem. It's not, you know, it's, but it's, you know, this is probably what the writers wanted. A little bit of, uh, you know, edgy, a little abrasiveness. And it's got even the actors playing these characters, you know, pretty upset. This is changing our childhood characters for a little more darker, worse side. They've already, you know, darkened a lot of our, our you know, stereotypes of these fairy tales. You know, a lot of the episodes, but now Snow White. But I think that the PG rating is definitely teetering on the edge here. I liked the episode tonight a lot. I think this is my first um, episode 
that focus on Snow White and Prince Charming that I really enjoyed. Some of the other ones I felt were a little slow, maybe a little blander, but this had a lot of um, drama and a lot of um, fake tears uh, <laughs> and, and a lot of um, tension and whatnot. So I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I liked it too. I can't put my finger on any specific moments throughout the show, but overall it went smoothly. It flowed well. I did like uh, Snow White's pretty much resolve to take action and obviously try to kill the queen, which we saw. And, you know, she was <laughs> thwarted by a shoulder, but, um, I, I really liked the part where she flicked Jimmy Cricket at the beginning of the episode. Right. It was like, get off me. I mean, like she was such a, she was a biatch. I, I think that they did, were pretty brave in the fact that they delved into something about moral consciousness and that, you know, the moral dilemma of what's happening and that, no White could never be such an evil person, but yet when faced with a broken heart, the it's possible. You never know what you can do, what you're capable of. Well, I think that brings us to our first talking talking point, which is Snow White and her change tonight, which we've kind of already been talking about it. But um, Lisa, did you did touch on why was she so evil? Was it just because of the potion, or or what? Oh, well, they they blamed it on the potion. I mean, in the conclusion, that's, you know, it's evident that she's, after the kiss, she's been restored to her angelic self. But um, she clearly was motivated by revenge. The thing that's a little confusing for me is that if the potion erased her feelings, why would she still feel, you know, why would she have these feelings of uh, vengeance? I think if there was going to be a moral from the story, I think the the potion's moral would be you take away love, anyone can be evil. So that's, I don't think it was just that, I really don't think she's an evil person. I think the potion changed her more so than just removing Charming or James from her memory. It left a hole. And they, they, so that's what Rumpelstiltskin said. It left a hole in her heart. That's, anybody could go through that. I think they tried to, put a realistic spin on it. And I guess it makes sense that she wouldn't really know what the reason of her anger, where it derived, because she couldn't remember the love for Prince Charming because that was erased by the potion. However, she has this very volatile, you know, vengeful side of her, which is kind of difficult to, to, rec- to reckon with because she's forgotten her love for him, yet she still carries this terrible um, feeling of betrayal and vengeance. So. Well, I, I think um, two quotes um, sum up uh, and really play into this tonight is that, is that um, evil isn't born, it's made, which was said by Regina in the real world, and then it's also said by Rumpel in the fairy tale world. So that's, that, I think they're trying to use that to sum up tonight's episode is that anyone can become evil. And Regina, the evil, as the evil queen, we see her... You know, we haven't seen her complete backstory yet, but it's alluding to that the reason she becomes so evil is because she lost the one she loved. But, but I, I don't think you, you can completely hear, before Snow White ever met Prince Charming, she wasn't a vengeful person. She wasn't an evil person. She didn't like the evil queen, but we didn't see any sort of vengeance in her. And we still don't know what she did to piss off Regina so much that she wants to kill her. You know, you know, from Regina's standpoint, the evil queen, she ruined her life and took away her only love. But we have never heard anything 
anything about that as yet. But why why would Snow White be so vengeful after forgetting Prince Charming, right. whereas before she met Prince Charming, she was an eventual person. So I guess it's saying it's not better to have loved and lost than to have never loved at all, oh, is, what is what you're saying. Uh, Oliver, Oliver. Um, I also liked, I liked the fact that it mirrored real life in the aspect she didn't focus on the problem itself, even though she couldn't remember him. She went and took all her negative energy from heart, heartbreak and threw it into a negative, constructive effort to kill the queen. So... That happens a lot. You ignore the real problem and you take it into something else or you complain or you take it out on someone else. So that, that was kind of, you know, mirroring real life and how, you, you know, people act. Just getting back to what Jason was talking about, about the quotes from the show, when Regina was speaking with David, um, she said, evil can look at you and be looking at, staring at you in the face and you wouldn't even know it. And she was evil staring him in the face. And, right, and evil doesn't always look like evil. Obviously, she was referring to herself, which... Well, the exact quote was, evil doesn't always look like evil. Sometimes it's staring us in the face. Right. I think, I mean, the, the vibe I'm getting is that it's almost, I'm going to, wait, wait. Um, and I, that was Regina saying that to, um, that was actually Regina speaking. And she, she said the quote. So it was, it was obviously very um, apropos for her to be saying that quote, you know, the, Look at me, you know. That, that's good that you said that because that's what you know. Uh, that I'm picking backing off of that is, I think it's. Uh, I'm not. I don't want to quote a uh, Will Ferrell movie, but it's almost like she's screaming, "You guys, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Why don't you guys recognize my pain?" You know, it's kind of like this whole series we've seen the Queen just scream, like, "Feel bad for me," you know, like this is ridiculous. No one feels bad. No one feels bad for her, and obviously we're going to find out really what happened. So for the queen? For the queen. I she, she's obviously her. You do, but I love the evil queen. Anybody in the real, in the fairy tale world, obviously didn't because she is, you know, has to do this uh, crazy curse. Like her, her minions. She had her. Well, yeah, I mean, she had like a little brat, but I'm sure we're we're seeing that everyone else can act like a brat. She did cry when her father died. Was it a real cry? Or, oh, Ooh. yeah, it was real tears when she cut her father's heart out. Yeah. Yeah, she killed her father and then she cried. Come on. <laughs> Speaking of tears, maybe just for one moment discuss the tears this evening. Uh, You know, I, I, at first, having been a child actress, in my first tear scene, I had to, they put glycerin in my eyes and down my face, which is, it's like a syrup that just sits there and it makes a fake tear on your cheek and doesn't move. But, um, at first I thought it was glycerin, which is the old technique. Actually, a little inside, a little story, Diddy, I'll show you during Turning Point, the Oscar-nominated film starring Shirley MacLaine and Anne Bancroft. Um, Shirley MacLaine and it ruined put on singly. Each eyelash had to be put on singly, and we had to wait a long time for her to show up to the set. Hours. Each eyelash, one at a time. She would refuse to wear a set of false eyelashes, but. Uh, the one scene when she meets Anne Bancroft on the stage, who she has been a long time, who is her, um, we're in in New York and we're seeing the ballet and she has to cry. And her makeup artist takes this little plastic thing out of her bag and goes up to Shirley and blows in it. And I find out that it's a cry maker. 
through through the pipe and put the uh, other end of it in her eye. And the menthol vapors made her tear. And at that moment, all my acting dreams were crushed. (laughs) I thought, if this woman has to have this done to make her cry... And it's a charming. Use the same or chopped up onions in their pocket. You know, okay. there, are, there, there are many tricks to the trade, but um, those tears were, uh, I think, quite uh, fake. If not fake, I mean, they could have squeezed them out. You know, they could have been a real tear ducts with water coming down their face, but it just was so over the top. It was just so corny. I'm sorry. Well, at least if you, if you look at the underlying issue, the underlying um, foundation between the two cries, where, you know, obviously we see a teardrop from Snow and a teardrop from Charming in both worlds, it just shows the conflicting world at the end. In the real world, it's because Charming has kind of lost his faith in Mary Margaret, and he is kind of starting to think maybe she did do it, and she did, and we'll talk about the dream. And then, or the, the Well, let's hypnosis. move on to our next talking point, which is the murder of Catherine. Yeah. And Mary Margaret tonight is, I mean, she's arrested, she's put in jail by her best friend, Emma, and she hires Mr. Gold as her attorney. Um, in the beginning, Prince Charming um, is completely, you know, obviously has a 100% faith in her, but then the evidence just starts piling up, piling up, and um, Prince Charming goes to um, Jiminy Cricket to uh, to get, um, what what's it called? To get untied or to... No, when, 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 when hypnosis. Under hypnosis. Yeah, well, in the real world, he goes to Dr. Hopper, yeah, to, to get hypnosis to clear up the blank spots that are missing from his little, uh, what do you call it, episodes. So when he does that again, and I know Jason appreciates that, he, he gets hyped up when this happens. Um, the, or David, mixed up. David starts to remember mem- memories from him being G. of the fantasy world for the real world, which is Snow going to kill the queen. No, yeah, she, in, and, and she said also, you're right, and also that you brought up a great point, Jason, that you noticed when he has these memories saying, you were saying, um, I, I have to kill her, I have to kill her. And he says he's getting bits and pieces of his memory back in the woods um, <clears throat> when they were searching for Catherine. Uh, he's actually has just come out of the fantasy world and he's remembering what happened about I'm going to kill her, meaning the queen, which is when, you know, was what she actually said, I'm going to kill her and he tried to stop her. So he's now relating that, that memory from the fairy world, fairy tale world to his present world and his blackouts and he's thinking that, you know, I heard her when, when he was having his uh, memories of her with long hair and different dress and whatever, uh, he should have at least, I, I think, like thought to himself, well, maybe they're not real memories, but, you know, I guess we'll see that. Um, he didn't specifically say anything about the hair, so it was very, he left it, they left it open and left it vague. Yeah. It would shatter the whole, again, it's the conflicting world. He had complete faith in her in the fairy tale world, would not give up. In the real world, it's got to be the complete opposite, so he's kind of starting to question. Which the other, other thing about the murder, I think we, let's discuss the, um, obviously, Mary's being set up, framed, and we automatically assume it's Regina, um, 
but the, the clues are so obvious. Well, I mean, they're just. We have the key. Well, we we. Henry ha- discovers the keychain. Yes, Henry discovers the key. Key to an oddly round hole. I've never seen such a thing. Uh, round <laughs> hole, and then this oddly ancient-looking key that he says, uh, out of a hundred keys on the chain, he says, just let me try one more, and he gives it to Emma to try one more and of course it's the one. It works. And then and then we and then Emma finds the dagger, which if you look at the dagger, how many people own a dagger that well, like that? Keep it in their home. I mean that that well first of all it was it was clean. It was pristine. Right. It was, it was there was no blood on it, blah blah blah. But it, it almost seems to me that it's too obvious it's Regina. Right. If there was anyone that was ever gonna set up an elaborate plan to set up Regina to look like it was setting up Hey, Margaret, who do you think it would be? Mr. Gold. Mr. Gold. Gold. Yeah. to say, because he's also using it. I'm going to get back to this point also, is the fact that not only would Mr. Gold set himself up so that he could become the hero or he could be getting something out of it or get a debt owed to him through his helping her out of her legal uh, troubles. That's exactly what compromises your integrity. I mean, that, that's right. what... Right, and he's gotten her to go to the dark side by going... Agree to him to have her help her again. But along with setting people up and finds a key under her bed, which keys look like a key. Emma. No. So, as I was saying, um, Mr. Gold, I think maybe what's going on here is Mr. Gold set up Mary and Regina planted the key to get Mary, Mary to escape from prison to make her look guilty. Gold wouldn't want her to look guilty. By by giving her a chance, an opportunity to escape. That is actually a really cool scenario because I'm picturing that before. Okay, let's go behind the scenes of this episode. You know how Virginia sat in on the interrogation. I bet you before. Wait, when they found the jewelry box and they found the fingerprints on from Mary Margaret, I wonder if Virginia was like, "What the? Like, I didn't do this. How is this happening? I know Snow White would never kill anybody." And she's like, "I need to." On this interrogation, find out who is pulling the strings. So that would agree with your scenario. That Regina's like, what's going on? I mean, I mean, there's no other reason for her to kill Regina killed Kath and buried the heart, and then Mr. Gold. Ooh, remember Mr. Gold was burying something in the woods when the heart was found. He had a shovel. But wasn't that was way that before? Was yeah, but I'm just, I'm just, yeah, it was way before. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Un- unless, unless uh, this is a this is a TV show. Anything can be fake. General Hospital, they changed DNA all the time. Dr. Drake or Moray's right. <laughs> brain was plugged into someone else's skull. He's back. Yeah, exactly. That's right. I so still many th- children that they don't I, know I still think Catherine is in the mental institution with Belle. Where is Belle? Bottom, bottom line, guys, we all know that, that this is too obvious. Something quirky is going on over our scenarios. It's going to be exciting to see what happens. So let's move on to the mysterious stranger. Yeah! He's back. And we know what his motive is. He is here because he's to, here for Emma. To expose the truth about the fairy tale world. And he said... And he said he's here for Emma. And he said very clearly, the fairy, this whole fairy tale nonsense is as real as I am. To Henry, so that confirms Henry's, um, you know, all his his 
His what? What? That's nonsense. These, the fairy tales are as real as I am. Yeah, he confirms okay. Henry's suspicions or right. his his beliefs exactly. or his faith. You know, He's the first one that actually believes in the book with him completely. completely. I think Emma kind of um, unabashedly believes in. The yes. So. And he leaves in the book, and then he shows him, and happens to open to his his drawing. Of Not his drawing; it was Prince Charming. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. I thought it was Prince Charming, but he leaves him the book in the map sack and leaves it for him. Which I, which we still think that he he yeah. somehow added some pages or did so. change something he was in the in book. The dark room and doing some you know little manipulations with that yeah. book, drawing the pages in a few episodes prior. I think this definitely shows importance. It definitely showed that he's... It's so funny that there's so many catalysts in this show. I guess he's the catalyst for Emma. We don't know who he is in the fantasy yeah. world. The fairy world, that's yeah. the only problem. He, but the, oh, the bottom line, he can't... I guess he can't leave or can't move on or can't be satisfied until he makes Emma believe. Well, we know he could be the king. You know, just mm. in a younger form. I think he's a grim. I mean, you, you said it when we were watching because he's a writer, and I, I kind of blurted out, oh, my God, he's, so, he's a writer. Yeah, he's, he's a grim. grim. He's written, and that's why he had manipulated yeah. the book, because he wrote it. He can't be a fairy tale person, because he came to the town, and it's already been said that the fairy tale yeah. people cannot leave the town at all. So if he came to the town, he has to be someone else. We don't even know he's actually leaving the town. We never see him actually leave. We see well, he came to the town. To leave. Who? The mysterious. No, he never tried to leave. He, we we never saw we we saw him come to town. Right. So that's what I'm saying is that we don't know for sure. Um, we don't. That's why he can't be one of the fairy tales. I'm just glad you someone. picked up on that, Mike, because when I said Graham, I I thought maybe I was kind of talking to myself at that point. <laughs> so I I think because he's a writer oh, and you. because 100%. he's manipulating the book, I think that he seems to know the truth. He said, "Believe me, I know." It's like, oh, that because you wrote it. Yeah. You know? It's pretty exciting. It's definitely this is something we haven't seen. It's it's um what's it called like the fifth dimension? They do it in comics sometimes where the character knows he's in a comic book. It's very interesting. He'll make jokes and be like, "Oh, you guys are reading me right now." Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of like that where it's almost like the creator fourth wall. Fourth wall. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Fourth wall. They they break. It's crazy. They break it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, the three walls you can see, and the fourth wall is us observing right. and reading the book. And Woody Allen does it in a lot of his films. You know? I, I think it's great. I like it. It's great. I mean, it's almost like he's speaking to us. Yeah, I, lo- I love it. I don't like he's that like, at all. I'm in on it. You don't I, like it? No, when I read a book, I want to like, be well, well, immersed in Well, we're not talking about book. that in general. We're talking about it in reference to the show. I think it's a great um, vehicle. I think there were a lot of catalysts like, tonight. With um, Number one was The Mysterious Stranger. Another catalyst was when um, The Bottle of Love... You know, hey, that we're gonna leave that to Mike because that was his call, dude. Man, he called this from we saw, the second it happened. We saw Rumble with his little collection of different, I guess, you know, potions and all the little bottles. It has like memory and power. I mean, whatever he's got in there. The one he said he couldn't do, he couldn't bottle love, and he's got such a keen interest in James and in Snow. Obviously, he was, you know, it was kind of maybe a little too obvious. No, David's the real world. James is Prince Charming. He's discussing the potion. Yeah, it's a, he's like, that's the one I can't bottle. And he has, remember, he wanted... He, they, he can take away love, but he can't bottle. Exactly. He and he, why does he want it? Because he wants Belle back. So he wants, that, maybe that's something he wants to do, or right. who knows what he could do he, for he some other reason. He has a that can take love away and erase mm-hmm. it, but he doesn't have a potion that can mm-hmm. buy you love. But what does this mean for 
a couple times he said tonight, uh, I'm invested in your future. Well, I think that's just to get the hairs. To, uh, he, well, first of all, no, no, in the he, real world, he said that tonight. We saw, he saw Mary, he saw, he, we saw him take Snow White's hair for the, the memory loss potion. And then now he, ta- he takes um, Prince Charming's jacket and he just observes it with his little magnifying glass to get his hair right. from Prince Charming and the two combine to make the potion. That's right, differ, and I'm with you, Jason, because I think that those words, he said it twice, actually. When yeah, he said, in I'm invested fairy, yeah. in your future, he and said he said it, it twice in, in both worlds. I mean, once in both worlds. And I think that's because I believe in, in the true origin of Rumpelstiltskin. It's, you know, I want your firstborn. So I think it has to do with yeah, Emma. Yeah, so I'm, I'm feeling that Ooh. when he says, I'm investing in your future to Snow White, it means their future child, which is Emma. So I really think that this is a precursor or a, a you know, a foreboding, if, if it's going to be negative, well, here's about what's going to be happening well, with I'm him involved with Emma. Now, so here's a question. Are we saying, now, are we saying that he knows, it, I mean, if he... He absolutely knows, knows Emma, Emma is Snow White's okay. Absolutely. But here's the question, is that this potion, this he, knows but he bottled love, does his potions work in the real world like um, Regina's? little heart no, thing. but his lawyer abilities and his legal abilities and his money and other things correlate, you know, they represent no. his, the magic that he has in the fairy world and the potions and such are now in the real world. They're his money and his wealth and his manipulation and his legal abilities, and they, that's, that's, that, that, that's, that's his magic. Yes, that's true, but it's already been shown that Regina can affect the real world through the fairy tale world. You know, when she took the heart, she killed the huntsman, sque- squeezed his heart. Can Mr. Gold do that as well? Does he have access oh, to the fairy? Do you think, do you think power? power? Does he have access to the fairy? I don't think so, because I think what he had to do when he created the curse, or, but you mentioned earlier, like when he was out in the woods digging something, can he access the fairy tale we world? Don't know. We don't know. And I'm not sure that her squeezing the huntsman's heart and killing him is actually magical. I think that might have been a result of that. That spell was cast in before, the fairy world, before. and just anybody could go in there and squeeze like a carryover, the heart. A carryover. So I don't think that was necessarily a power that she held by squeezing the heart. Anybody could have done that. So Okay, well then, I guess... I'm not sure Okay, well that, that brings a good point. Then anything that was done in the fairy tale world still carries over. So Mr. Gold this is really the power. But Mr. Gold has done a lot of things in the fairy tale world that would carry over to the real world. He's done, he's manipulated a lot of people. Yeah. He's he's um, made a lot of deals with a lot of people. So I think we're gonna right, see that's that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. In the real world he's manipulated. He doesn't have any power because he almost half whipped that guy to death, the one that that Bell's father he didn't do any powers to, like, crush his heart or no. to, to cut his head off. He beat him with a stick. So it was like, that's natural. He didn't do anything. <laughs> not that it's not his great. His power is his greed and his yeah. manipulation and his legal... I think to, fi- I to dis- fake I, out the queen... To fake I, out the queen I disagree. I think that uh-huh. we're going to see later on that um, some of the things that he um, did in the fairytale world, we're going to see the after effects of the world. we haven't seen any magic or... or no, no, not, in no, no, like, as you said, not magic, but Regina went into the fairytale world, squ- squeezed yeah. the heart, and no, killed the husband. No, that the real world. Well, I, don't, I wouldn't call that the real world, because obviously you don't have to have a beating heart in a box in the real world. That had to be Wait, the fairytale world. Well, no. It was underground. It was underground. It was like an underground. It was like a crypt. She went into the crypt, and... and 
I know, but then you then that, that was would, actually kind of a gray area, but then that, kind of a crossover it, between the two worlds. Yes, but that couldn't be as old heart, but it was actually basically I, in the that, new world. That could not be the real world because a beating heart cannot be in a box. But how did the heart even get in the new world? That that's why it's not the real world. That was it has to be. Can I bring up, Can I bring up one really cool thing though? Is all the layer we saw the catalyst? What about all the layers here? Everyone that thinks they're pulling the strings ends up not pulling the strings. The queen, except for Rumble. Well, no. I'm starting to think now. Wait, 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 wait. The Grim. What if he's the one really pulling the strings? Oh, Regina thinks she's pulling the strings. He might just have uh, a new page. Yeah, Rumple bitch laughs Regina. And then Rumple thinks he's pulling the strings. And then the Grim could probably bitch slap Rumple. And then, I mean, it's just the layers just keep going. Every time you think you have it settled out, you don't have it settled out. Right. And I think, uh, I honestly. That's the great thing about this show is mm-hmm. there are twists every single yeah. show and every single episode. There's something that catches you, and you just I, don't know what to expect. I think that's deeper than that's all. What this show is so complicated. Yeah. The, the writers have done a great job in managing to keep you on your feet, on your toes. You know, you don't know what's going to happen. Just when you think you've got it nailed down, something happens that just, just blows your theory out of the water. Can I say one more thing really quick? Who says we don't like this show? <laughs> After all the debating, I just wanted to bring that up, but that's all. I know. Yeah. Well, you have to give them a little bit more context. Someone wrote on a comment on iTunes that we um, don't like the we show. don't like the show, but that couldn't hilarious. be couldn't be further well, from the truth. The first comment was how much we love the show. Well, so I'm more just positive. Yeah, we obviously love this show. We we can get this wrapped up if we didn't. I think it's funny. Like, we and what, spend as much time, can, you know, debating about it and bringing up every single nuance and every single point and, and every what, single reference to the real world or lost or. I wish someone could watch Mike here watch the show. He gets so into it at some points. It's almost as if, if he's having iconic. no, he's having an orgasm <laughs> on the couch. Am I not right, Lisa? Yes, I. Yeah, I have to move a little away from him. I can look at him. Wait, remember, remember. The, do, wait. do the after buzz exclusion. Re- remember the moment when Rumple revealed himself to Regina. Oh my God! We, it was like a Tom Cruise jumping on the Oprah couch. We had to rewind it three times. I thought Mike literally had an orgasm on my couch, and it was kind of rumbled my boys, my homeboy. <laughs> so with that, we are going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back with news. Okay. After Buzz TV. Hi. I was once like you, a lazy, angry loner whose only joy was watching TV and surfing the net. And, like you, after I'd see one of my favorite TV shows, I'd be so excited and have so many questions that I'd actually have to talk to my douchebag co-workers about it at the water cooler. Then, I discovered AfterBuzzTV.com. AfterBuzzTV produces after-show webcasts and podcasts for TV series of all kinds, like post-game wrap-up shows for all your favorite TV shows. AfterBuzz TV hosts are industry insiders who break down episodes of shows, take calls from fans, and interview cast and crew from each series with over 60 different after shows from Boardwalk Empire to American Idol to Vampire Diaries to Real Housewives and more. Now, after a night of TV, I can ignore my stupid co-workers, who I hate, and go straight to my desk and watch or listen to all my favorite AfterBuzz TV after shows and have all the TV fan interaction I need. Thank you, AfterBuzz TV. AfterBuzz TV. What do you want to buzz about? So we're back, as always bring you the best news and gossip from the once upon a time world out there. And as always, bring us the best TV news. 
And as always, this is in extra, extra, extra. Um, as always, examiner.com, they're bringing the heat when it comes to Once Upon a Time. Like, seriously, someone is sleeping with one of the writers on the show because they always have the most up-to-date pictures. They always have just, like, little inside nuances. And, and this week is no different. So next week we have Hattrick, and I know you were talking about this. You, you were reading this earlier. So we have Hattrick, we got Sebastian Stan playing the Mad Hatter, and this is going to be the first time we have a third spot we're going to. So they're reading from the fantasy uh, film. Daltrey, come on, man. Yoo-hoo, I'm showing my age. <laughs> they're leaving from the fairy tale world to they're going to Wonderland, a separate, obviously, fairy tale kind of universe going on here. Jason. I don't know who Robert Daltrey is. Roger Daltrey from The Oh, my Who. Lord. Oh my the lead singer of The Who? Seriously? We're going to get creamed. Oh, my oh God. God. Jason, oh why did you even God. jump in and admit that? Seriously. Really? He doesn't even know I don't. Who I don't know who John Lennon is. I just don't know. He's, he's not on Glee, so I don't know who he is. Who? Uh, back to Hattrick. Okay, so we go to Wonderland, a separate area, and the Queen is going there. Nothing to do with Perry Silver. Of course, totally something different. The Queen is using the Mad Hatter to get there, and she wants to steal something from the Queen of Hearts. So we don't know what that is. Any stipulations on what the Queen wants to steal? Well, from the Queen of Hearts. Hello, something to do with love. I bet it's her sister. Ooh. I'm thinking she's related. Oh, I bet you the Queen of Hearts, it's like originally she's like in love and she's mm-hmm. sweet and the Queen steals her like love her and love. makes her mm-hmm. all evil. Yeah, but when, once again, we see the crossover here because in the in the real world, he thinks he's the Mad Hatter. When we get to our favorite moments, remind me because I'm going to go into another realm of uh, fairy tale in my reference book. Okay. That and then in two weeks, we see the episode... Most of us have been waiting for, I'm especially guessing it's Jason Parsley. Which is? Stable Boy, where your favorite... Stable Boy! Yahoo. Lisa's favorite, Barbara Hershey, will come in as Cora, the evil queen's mother. And we're finally going to find out what Snow White did to be... To piss off To piss her off. To get that queen's bean in there. So they say. I have my doubts, because... These are the writers of Lost, and just when you think they're going to reveal everything, they just reveal just a snippet of of, of everything, they, of all of everything. We'll see the event, it says. So, they're, all right, they're being, I'm starting to read into these more and more now. I think my whole life is completely twisted after the show, but they're saying, yeah, they're saying the event that caused the evil, evil queen's load of Snow White is going to be revealed what that well, means important because that is the impetus of the whole entire show yeah so <laughs> it could give us just a little bit it could give us a lot i mean that's our one background yeah. or the genesis of this show has not been revealed i mean we keep getting little tastings and tidbits of what's going on and you know the flash it is a very i must say uh it is a bit confusing and, it, and you really have to pay attention when you watch the show it's very so well written and so the nuances are very subtle and the timing is very complicated because they even flashbacks that are not out of, out of order. They're not, con, you know, continu- continuous. And, and the thing is that since you're trying to follow two different worlds, that there, alone... The continuity is yeah. totally messed up. You. So it's- In other news, um, make sure, please, leave us comments. <laughs> um, we do appreciate them, even the negative ones. Uh, we can take criticism. Oh, and yeah. Mike wants to share a little bit of non-Once Upon a Time news with you. Which, Maria! What we- oh, Dancing the Stars dun, 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 comes back. Dun, dun, 
tomorrow. Oh, God. Dancing with the Stars comes back tomorrow, and our favorite contestant, our uh, heads-on favorite to win the whole thing, Maria Menounos, will be competing. I hope everybody's bringing that up. That should be an amazing two-hour special. Tell her, tell everyone why we care about Maria. Because she's the one who started after Buzz TV. Why? Why would yeah. you not care about Maria? And Look, she's pretty awesome. That's what I'm saying. Some people might not know that. And she's Listen. hot. Let's see her dance. She is hot. Very hot. How, how do you guys think she's going to do? I mean, she she seems like she can probably. Uh, I think she's dance got, pretty well. She seems she's got the grace and the looks and the body to pull this off. So we'll see. I mean, and she's probably look getting, out, Sherry Shepard. She's probably getting some really good tips from her. Um, <laughs> From her co-host, uh, uh, Mario. Mario Lopez. Who I did have a fun to talk to last week. What a nice drop-in, Jason. Thank you. Hey, uh, you spoke to Mario Lopez. Uh, about Dance with the Stars. And uh, he did say, yeah, he had some nice tips for her and just kind of not get too much into her own head. Don't count the steps. Just have fun. And the crowd and the audience will have fun with you. Pretty much, you know, what you expect. i got to give her props, man, because, you know, like we try and say about this, little after buzz conversation you know sometimes we're not always uh, all that positive but we're trying to keep it real here just like the dog randy jackson we learned how to judge <laughs> no because we're talking about you know maria and um giving people the, the reality check so we wish you the best so good luck maria you're gonna do amazing i'm sure good luck we're wishing you luck and i'll vote for you every week yeah, yeah. Um, next up is our favorite moment. Oh. You always want to jump ahead there, Mike. Calm down. Slow down. So, favorite moments, Mike? Oh, uh, wow. I guess... The moment that caught me off guard the most was Prince Charming getting hit in the shoulder. I thought maybe he'd tackle her. Well, I mean, it, was, oh. it wasn't surprising once the arrow left the bow, and I was like, okay, he's obviously going to jump in the middle. But before that, I really didn't think he, they were gonna, she was going to get the shot off. Yeah, so, so much for Rumpel's, uh, oh, this, this um, hit never misses. It certainly did miss, unless, unless. <laughs> unless he planned it. You never know with Rumpel. He's so willing. I love how we read the, the same exact time we looked at each other like, unless. Oh, these guys are tough. Your favorite moment, Lisa? Uh, again, keeping it real, dog. Um, I thought there were so many corny moments in this episode. I can't even count them. But um, this, there's so many cliches and so many moments. But I gotta say, the one that stuck out for me was when, when Mr. Gold, uh, actually, it was Rumpelstiltskin, because it was in the fairy tale world, was talking to to Prince Charming about. True love, like Elmer Fudd. So now we're bringing in Looney Tunes. We're bringing in cartoon characters into references here. And clearly, I mean, who else says true love? <laughs> it's, it's definitely an Elmer Fudd reference as far as I'm concerned. And, of course, that has to do with his potion and his, his bottle and true love that Mike called before any of us. And so I guess that, that would stick out for me as my moment. My moments, um, I think two moments I, I want to discuss is actually goes along with Lisa's. When Rumpel said, if you can bottle love, you can do anything. And as we saw at the end of the episode, he did bottle love, which means I think we're going to see in future episodes, this 
gives him even more power than he already had. And already he could do anything. So it, it, it'll be interesting to see what he can really do now. But the other moment I want to bring up is at the very beginning, we saw Little Red Riding Hood. And I thought it was so awesome when she used her power. Oh, like she, cool. she, she, it, cool. it wasn't, it wasn't behind, like before it, she didn't know about it. Now she actually willingly used it to, um, protect Prince Charming. So I thought that was awesome when she was running and she turned into the wolf and she just slaughtered everybody. Well, my question, because obviously she can't control herself with the wolf because she ate her boyfriend. So my question is this. How is she going to get the cloak back on? The, uh, the red, you know, red cloak? No, when she wakes up in the morning. Yeah, yeah. She, when she wakes up, she turns back, and then she puts the cloak back After on. she eats Bambi. So she'll wake up. And that brings us to predictions. And now, your After Buzz TV predictions. Okay, so Jason's got a good one for us, so I'm going to let him start it off. Hopefully, I'll get my creative juices flowing. I was thinking about this week, and that just shows you I do think about the show a lot. Oh, I was pondering about Maleficent, because that is, if you don't remember, that is the evil queen's best uh, frenemy, I guess you could call her, in the fairy tale world. And we we only saw her in one episode, but I think next season we're going to see her become the new um, one of the new villains in the real world, and I think we're going to find out that she also knows the truth. Wow! That yes, wow. that came out of nowhere, right? Wow. Okay. Um, Lisa, I don't really have any predictions this week. I except that I think, as I said last week, my prediction, my prediction was that Emma was going to be framed. I mean, that uh, Snow White was going to be framed by Regina. But now I'm kind of waffling on that because I'm not sure who's really involved. All I know is that I think my one little prediction is that, and I could be totally wrong, is that I don't believe that that is uh, Catherine's heart. I don't believe she's actually dead. Uh, I'll close it up, and I will say what I said earlier. I think in next week's episode, uh, I think we're going to see, which will be interesting, because they always like to add these little twists on these characters. I think the Queen of Hearts will initially be good. I think she'll be completely in love, and I think the Queen is going to steal that love and some kind of potion or some kind of power or some kind of talisman, and then becomes the, the, the bitch we're all used to with, like, off of their heads. But I think before that, it's going to be a very nice queen of hearts, not a uh, crazy, creepy one. Jason? Uh, oh, I have one little thing. I think that there might be something going on with Emma and the Mad Hatter. <laughs> okay. And that brings us to the very end of our show tonight. So thank you all for joining us. And special thanks to, of course, my co-host, co-host Mike, and our special guest, <laughs> former child actress, Lisa Lucas. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. 
I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later! The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.